0: Hi everyone, my name is Rob Mayola and welcome to the Hi Hakiki Podcast, a podcast about industry, entrepreneurship, and life from a person that absolutely sucks at all three. And typically, I'm doing that all by myself. However, I have three of my incredibly close, dear friends with me and I'm over the moon excited to introduce them, so i step right into it. Uh, let's start number one with our boy. You've heard his name. You've heard his music, Mike Damey. How's it going, baby? I'm good, man. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. No talk. Long time no talk indeed for good reason. Uh next up. I broke the first
1: <laughs> rule of the podcast. But I
0: talked over you already. <laughs> uh second up we have our boy T Town, Title Town Tyrone. How's it going, buddy?
2: Oh doing fantastic. Excited to uh to be on the Hikiki podcast here.
0: Yeah, long time listener, first time caller. Amen. <laughs> and lastly but sure shooting not leastly our boy Rohit call him drama when I'm drunk. Tutasia, how's it going, buddy? <laughs> i'm good bro how are you doing good doing good uh so sorry is this the first time all of you have been on a podcast mike Rohit? ty yep first yeah. time wow i feel very honored um so while, that's right so why don't we start with uh i guess how's quarantine treating you guys how are you getting through it what are you up to let's start with you Tara.
2: yeah it's i mean it's been good i feel like it that answer probably changes week to week, but, um, I mean, it's been enough, whatever we (coughs) eight or nine weeks in it. Now we're like, honestly, it does feel normal. And I I'm starting to resonate with all those posts I see about like the fact that things are starting to open up. And on the one hand, I'm very excited for that to happen. And on the other hand, there's been a lot of aspects of having no responsibilities, not a single expectation of my social life for the last eight weeks. That, um, has been kind of nice. So I don't know if I'm willing for that to change
0: yeah it's we're being rewarded for like doing absolutely nothing with your life it's a nice change yeah uh, it is. mike what about you buddy
1: uh it's been good man i mean like i'm not gonna lie i was like super i was a little nervous coming on this podcast because i feel like I, I i forget how to be like, like interact with people it's fucked <laughs> all i've been doing is like playing poker and just chirping or like talking to my girlfriend so like before this podcast i'm like fuck am i gonna I forget how to talk to people like, I don't know. So I guess we'll see how it goes, but a lot of wedding planning talks, bro. You know, Uh, I won't get into that in this podcast because that will just be trouble. Um, and try not to be an absolute lazy piece of shit. If I'm being honest with
0: you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fair. It's also worth noting. She's not your girlfriend. She's your fiance. Yeah, I I try. I
1: I, I try not. I try not to sound like a fucking douchebag. So I try to avoid using that word.
0: As long as you don't hold the E and say fiance, then you'll you'll be that Definitely make a difference. Rohe, what about you, buddy?
3: Uh, quarantine life is good, man. I'm not gonna lie. I am thoroughly enjoy it just because I am a like I'm a homebody. I like staying at home. Um, so it's been entertaining in the sense of I play poker at night with Diamie and some of the T D boys and during the day I'm watching CNBC and trying to day trade. So uh, it's something new. Uh, Work hasn't been overly busy. So, um, you know, trying to keep myself as busy as possible with work. But, yeah, the only things I'm really missing is uh, being able to go to the gym, playing basketball. And that's about it, man. Other than that, like, life is good. Can't complain.
0: Yeah, you you were starting to, like, become a homebody even before the quarantine. You were kind of, like, staying out of bars and trying to get, like, your fitness and gear and all that
3: man i went into self quarantine for december and january didn't go out preparing to come out in spring and summer with this you know six pack new body new change new change in life and then the government said sit the fuck at home so uh (laughs) yeah i've been in quarantine for like five months now so i think i'm pretty used to it now (laughs) Well, hey, you're
2: just built for this
3: i'm built i'm built for quarantine life man i'm not gonna lie except like like I have become extremely lazy. Like there's always so many body workouts and workouts with a band you can do in a fucking living room before you're like, "Hey, I hate this shit. So that's the no, right aspect. Don't. don't fucking lie. You're not doing any workouts. <laughs> you're not exhausting bro. the
1: list of workouts you have in hey, your arsenal. What are you
3: talking hey, about? hey hey Darby, let's let's talk about our uh let's talk about how our uh, fitness bet went before COVID started, bro. You're talking to the fitness god right now.
1: <laughs> oh man yeah you know what no comment on
3: that yeah exactly so shut up <laughs> sorry Robbie go ahead
0: no 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 uh I'm curious to hear what happened with this fitness event I'm assuming you won Rohit considering Mike's a piece of shit well yeah No, there was, well, no, there was no there was no winner
3: so the, okay I'll tell you what happened we we did about it was like a nine-week challenge and we were super dedicated like no eating out no drinking uh we were all losing weight like best Best health I've been in my entire life, and I think Diem can probably say like he he was in his best condition as well. Uh, we couldn't go back to the original gym that we got our uh, weighing weights done at just because like the guy would let us come on the day we were supposed to go. So we decided to go to another gym to go get our body fat measured. It was it was so stupid. Like we went so far. And literally the girl pulled a scale out of a box, which I could bought on Amazon myself. <laughs> so we weighed ourselves on that. It showed that I was down about, I lost about 2% of body fat. So I was like, okay, not, you know, I expected more, but okay, I'll take 2%. Uh, Dive, he stepped on it and uh, the, the scale said he was up 8% in body fat, which we're like, okay, that's impossible. Like you can clearly see from the guy, he's lost weight. So we're like, okay, let's get another scale from Best Buy. And I know this one's like pretty legit. I weighed myself on that skill right after we, the first time we went to the gym. So I went and paid 200 bucks, brought the uh, skill to Diami's house, weighed myself on there, showed I lost 5% body fat. So I was like, oh, even better. Oh. <laughs> Diami went on the skill. Yeah, same thing. He was up 8%. So oh, uh, shit. let's just say either the skill, two skills are lying or Dimey's fat is fucked. One of the two.
1: Yeah, that was, that was a crock of shit for sure that <laughs> uh, was good though man i got honestly like rose right though like that that like seven eight week challenge like i don't think i'm trying to think back in like the last like five years of my life and i don't think i've ever been so dedicated to something than that like eight week period of of like getting in shape like it was crazy and it was just like uh it just shows like how like just having a little bit of competition just like helps in like so many aspects for for me anyway like for being a competitive person, it was what good. Was it was good, $500, and then right? yeah, five hundred or two fifty. I can't. I can't remember. But like, you know what? At the end of the day, we were all winners. We were all winners. Yeah. <laughs> well, some of us were
2: actual winners. But, <laughs> but the,
1: right. the, the the sad thing though is like, it's just what like two weeks. Like not even two weeks. Like maybe like a week and a half after the competition it was like all right everyone stay at home and and gyms were closing up and everything and it was like i'm not back to square one yet but it shows you like yet wow uh it shows you like how quickly how quickly the wheels can fall off man
0: yeah for sure i've, I've noticed like one thing i learned in quarantine for sure is there's something to be said for setting a goal using fitness as an example setting a goal no matter how arbitrary it is and just, like, keep going until you fucking do it. Like, I had a goal for being able to do 100 push-ups, 10 sets of 10. And, like, as arbitrary as that number is, like, you just keep going, keep going. keep I have a whiteboard where you just check it off. And it's weird how just, like, a, a random number will, will motivate you to keep getting in the in – the, not in the gym, but, like, on your yoga mat at least and, and plugging away at it. Competition is definitely a, a big thing when it comes to fitness. That's why people like gyms. There's co- constant competition around you.
3: Yeah. yeah. I think the, I it think was, the like, big thing it, about – Sorry, go ahead, Mike. I was
1: just going to say, like, putting it into perspective too, like, we talked, like, Robbie, we talked about this, but like, I was telling you how, like, it's hilarious how you can, like, look at things through, like, different lenses. Like, you'll be like, I don't know. I'll always say, like, ever since I turned, like, 27, like, the months go by so fast. And it's just like, oh my God, like, I don't even remember, like, you know, April or October, it flew by. But then when you put, when you look at it through the lens of like, all right, I'm not going to drink beer for six weeks. You're like, holy shit, that's such a long <laughs> time. Like, fuck, I'm not going to eat fast food for four weeks. Like, wow, am I going to be able to do this? Like, it doesn't make any sense. So um, once you, once you started doing it though, you realized like it, it goes, it goes by just as quickly. You just can't be a bitch and just do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's crazy how like relative time is It's like, it's odd for sure. Tyrone, you uh, during this quarantine, you've been doing any kind of workouts or in the walks in or anything?
2: Oh yeah, I'm day de- probably like 54 of you know walking once every three days. So like it's, it's been pretty strict at this point. <laughs> That's good. And in all honesty, it is funny to hear the discussion. And on the one hand, I totally agree with everything being said. Where you know competition is what would keep me accountable and inspires me to something like that. And I'm not in it right now. But I remember, it seems like, you know, in this relative time, a long time ago, now that when COVID first started, and I was doing push ups, and Danny, you know, my wife and I were walking every single day being like, we need to keep good routines, we got to have good habits. And then slowly, this becomes normal, and you fade out of those. And suddenly, over the last four weeks, I'm looking at it saying, well, I'm biking, more every weekend which has been good and so that's something i've been taking up in the good weather and it's great but during the week like there's a pretty big lack of exercise and i don't know if i even feel bad about it because i'm not interacting with enough guys like you that can say you know bust my balls for not doing the exercise where if you're not talking to anybody about it and you're not being held accountable well then you're just not doing anything and it doesn't matter
0: yeah and especially because uh for those of you who don't know, Tyrone, your wife's what, eight months pregnant, seven and a half months pregnant. So like if you're walking for 10 minutes, I don't know for sure, but I'm sure if you're walking for 10, 15 minutes, she's like, all right, my ankles are about to fall off. I think we're done here.
2: Yeah. She's not driving the train at this point. That's for
0: sure. <laughs> so, so to your own devices, Tyrone to drive the train. I don't know how far that train's going. Well, and it's
2: funny because even as I say it where, and I think it just shows at least maybe fitness for myself, you know, I'm saying I need others to keep me accountable and there's plenty of people or maybe areas of my own life where I can be self-motivated about it but I don't think fitness is one of those where yeah. you know I have no one to blame but myself where if I'm not working out right now it's because I am choosing not to but I don't have enough of that motivation currently to just even do a hundred push-ups a day or whatever it may be which um, would be great goals but it's it's just not something that's been a priority for sure
0: yeah yeah how's the how's the diet been you still eat like a 13 year old
2: no that's the one benefit of covid and for the listeners to rob's point is is robbie and mike might know you know i am happily having yolo or popeyes or chick-fil-a when it opens down the street for more work every day at work but um it's pretty amazing what happens when you're eating three meals a day that are fully home cooked and so I feel like I have a a healthy diet going which is nice and so now exercise could just layer on top of that it it's it's just a, a missing second step.
0: My favorite my favorite thing about Mike and Rohit tell me if you agree my favorite thing about Tyrone is that he's able to make I've always noticed he's able to make things kind of look easy. He makes, you know, being a husband look easy, he looks, you know, being a future dad makes it look easy, an employee every, Tyrone makes everything look fucking effortless and he has this like almost he has the brain of like a 45 year old man, but he has the diet of a fucking 17 year old university first year queen student. And it's fucking hilarious. The, the, the difference where I'll be in a meeting with Tyrone. He has like a know, suit hair, everything saying all the right words. Then he, we go outside. He's like, all right, what kind of pizza are we getting? <laughs> yeah. His, his diet is pretty, uh, working with Tyrone. I definitely saw the, uh,
3: other side of the diet where McDonald's on a Tuesday. Yeah, no problem, man. I'm down. It's like, whereas i have like this whole guilt it's like fuck it's only a tuesday i shouldn't be eating mcdonald's today tyrone no it doesn't have that issue but man speaking of diet i think that's like like sundays are good i've definitely been eating like cooking more at home but i like i was pretty good with cooking food on sundays for a couple of days and then trying to eat all you know on the weekends or whatever but uh, staying at home all the time fuck man uber eats is like dangerous i've i keep telling myself oh i'm helping support the local economy these restaurants uh they need my business, and the next thing I know, I'm ordering from Pizza Hut, who de- who definitely doesn't need my support. So, and and tonight actually, so I'll tell you, this is how much of a fat ass I've become. So, I was like, oh man, I want pizza tonight. So I, I ordered Pizza Nova. I called their uh, I called their delivery line or uh, order line, and I was like, yeah, you guys have a walk in special, right? She's like, yeah. I was like, can I get the walk in special, uh, half pizza with uh, these two toppings, and the other half with these two toppings? And uh, I was like, throw some extra cheese on there. She's like, yeah, no problem. She's like, oh, by the way, like we do have another special for like $13 with three toppings and 10 wings. And that's uh, 20. Sorry, it's $23. I was like, oh, interesting. And while she was telling me that I was on their website because I was looking for the phone number and I saw another special, which is $28, a large pizza (laughs) with five wings, five potato wedges and five boneless wings. I was like, yeah, you know what? Actually, let me upgrade to that special. So I went from their walk-in special, which is $8.99, to being upsold to a special that's $23.99, and (laughs) deciding on a special that's $28.99. So, yeah, man, diet's uh, diets not been looking good these days. But what are you going to do? Supporting Pizza Nova. It's tough times.
2: (laughs) Hopefully it's a local franchisee, at least.
3: Uh, Probably not. But I'm not going to lie. The pizza was damn good, and the wings were even better. So I don't don't (laughs) regret it. I think I made the smart decision. Um, way, to, way to justify it. have to, man. You How's justify your justify it. Sorry? How's your diet been?
0: It's been good. You know, I've, I've been trying to stay away from the Uber Eats. Um, I've been uh, I've been making a lot of meals at home. I don't eat too much, so that makes it easy. Um, I've completely converted to smoothies for breakfast, too. So, really, I'm only, you know, mm-hmm. twice a day. Um, so, it's been pretty good. I've also, like, been doing a lot of fasting, which... Uh, which helps as well, usually about 16 hours. Uh, the big thing for me, man, is, like, like, right now I'm unemployed. So, like, my days are fucking short. Like, I'm waking up at, like, 1130, and I'm in bed at, like, midnight. So I'm sleeping, like, 12 hours a fucking day. So, like, <laughs> that's the one thing I really go to work on. Fuck.
1: Fuck, I must be unemployed, too, then. Shit. <laughs> 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 that
0: sounds
3: like a schedule, so... <laughs> I'd be going to bed really late. Like I'd be going to bed at like one thirty, two o'clock, but I'm still trying to wake up every day by nine o'clock. That's, that's the only one consistent thing is, see, I know myself, if I just keep extending my waking up, I will start waking up at 1130 and 12 and that's a habit that's very hard for me to break. So at nine o'clock I'm like out of bed and just hopping in the shower. So I'm ready to go. But I've definitely started staying up far later than I normally did before when we got to go into the office.
0: Yeah, I think probably a lot of people are in that boat where you're just naturally waking up later.
3: Well, and the other thing is, you've been playing poker like pretty much every night, like Degenerates, and those games are going to like 1 o'clock and then one thirty, and then after that, you you know go on YouTube or whatever, and next thing you know, it's like 2 o'clock. Yeah, fuck.
2: Um, so Tell what- me what's the oh. YouTube between 1 and 2 o'clock. Sorry? <laughs> I said, what's on YouTube between 1
3: and 2 o'clock? Don't worry about it, bro. You gotta be up at that time <laughs> to find out.
0: Well, every, every, everything's up at every hour, so that's the problem.
3: Yeah, uh, you know what I do, honestly, man. I'll be watching a lot of like uh, videos on the markets and stuff like that. So I'll, I'll go on at like one o'clock and just watch all these like like traders like upload their videos on what happened in the markets, and then I start watching that, and that makes me fall asleep. But that's kind of what I've been just doing at that time, or watching Conan mm. O'Brien videos, one of the two. You've
0: been watching Dave Portnoy.
3: Yeah, uh, I did at the start, but now it's just kind of getting too ridiculous. <laughs> But, uh, Davey, what's his, ch- what's his thing called Davey Day Trader? No, what's the, Davey like, Day global? Trader
0: Global, yeah. yeah. <laughs> global,
3: yeah. And then he rings the bell every morning. Yeah, it's pretty funny.
0: Well, he bought a million dollars worth of a fashion company because some hot chick on tw- Twitter told him to.
3: Yeah. Man, this is all going to be a write off expense. This guy's like down $15 million right now. i like, yeah, he's, exactly. um, I don't know how much money he's made, but he's just all going to be a business write off at the end of the year.
0: Yeah. Plus all his content he's making too, right? So I'm sure he's making some money Yeah. There. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why don't we talk about uh, some some topics in the news. Um, so why don't we talk about uh, a couple of days ago Carnival Cruises announced that they're going to be uh, doing cruises again in August and uh, booked out of two months worth of cruises in 24 hours. Um, you know, when everything was going on, a lot of people were saying, well, who the fuck would ever want to go on a cruise again? And it clearly it didn't happen. Uh, so what do you guys think about that? Let's start with Mike.
1: I think that's a testament to how dumb we are as human beings Uh, I don't want to get too I don't want to get too cynical here like I'm not like a medical expert or anything but like can we just relax for like like I don't know like it's been what like five weeks it's been five weeks and we're just like I don't know what the phrase is but we're just itching to get back out there and it's just like it's only been five weeks guys like come on just chill Uh, But you'd think the last thing that would get booked up that quickly is a cruise out of, out of everything that's, that's opening up. So that kind of blows, that blows my mind. And I wouldn't be surprised if those people on the cruise are trapped on their boat for a month after their, uh, (laughs) after their cruise ends. So that's, uh, I'll leave it at, I'll leave it at that. I think that's, that's
2: pretty ridiculous. I didn't even know that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Tyrone, what do you think?
2: No, I'm with Mike. I, I think it's, I can see there's little individual pockets of maybe it's the students who have been doing nothing and a cruise is offered for, you know, $400 for a full week. And so they're jumping all over it or other groups that I don't, maybe it doesn't take that many people to add up to like selling out of cruises, but um, I, I just can't believe that after everything that's happened, in August you'd be willing to go on a cruise of all things. And yet I don't know. We, we there's people protesting on the steps of every government to that this has all been a hoax anyways. And so maybe like Mike, I, I I'm not one to delve too deep into conspiracy theories and I'm not educated there, but I know there's enough people who probably feel that way. And so getting a cruise and a cheap deal sounds like a great idea. But um, I I definitely I had a trip in March that was cancelled and I want to get away as much as anyone, but um, no, no way would I ever be stepping foot on a, maybe a plane, let alone a cruise ship, uh, two months after, you know, things are just barely reopening for local businesses.
1: Yeah, man. And I think like the, the problem with that is like, I think the you said like, maybe who knows who's booking these cruises. Maybe it's like, you know, a bunch of young 20 year olds or students that are getting stir crazy. And like, the problem is like, sure. If I went on a cruise, I wouldn't. Fear for my own personal health it's the you know it's the transmission of it and like coming back and then like you know visiting your Mm. your 50 60 year old parents but like i wonder if people are thinking that way like when are they just being or they're just justifying it by saying like oh i'll i'll be fine i'll be i'll be Mm. okay and they don't think of they don't think of the the repercussions
3: to the people that are actually like susceptible to it so i uh so i went on my first cruise last year and just from that experience, I realized, like, people love the shit out of their cruises. So when I heard mm-hmm. this, like, I'm, I'm not fully shocked um, just because I know how much people just love to spend money on going on a cruise. Is it the safest? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that with everything that happened with these cruise ships when COVID first hit, they're probably going to have some really intense uh, safety precautions. But um, I'm not surprised. Like, people, people will pay to go on this. Um, it's funny, Robbie, cause you know, you know, Jay and the Sonoda clan, they, yeah. the family that loves cruises, like that's, that's every one of their holidays is a cruise ship. Um, so I asked them, I was like, so when are the Sonotas going to jump back on a cruise? Because that's a sign for me. If they said, as soon as they said they're willing to go on a cruise, I think the economy is going to like skyrocket. That's, that's my indicator. <laughs> 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 yeah. Once they're back in the system. Once they're back in that system, then there's nothing to worry about. So I asked Jay, I was like, Jay, when, when are you guys going to go back on cruise ships? And he's like, not for a long, long time. Like, Whoa. so, and they're like, like, I know how much they love cruises, but um, yeah, even, you know, like they're not going to go on it anytime soon. So uh, yeah, I'm curious to know who's booking these trips. Uh, it, you know, I'm assuming just people that don't really care too much about COVID and, and think it's safe to go on these cruise ships, but should be interesting. I just, I can't imagine how it'll be fun with all of the safety precautions that they're going to have to put in place. You know what I mean? Like it's not going to be the same experience as before. Um, You're not going to be in buffet lines. You're not going to be just hanging out by the pool with thousands of people. Like I just can't picture it to be like that. So it'll be interesting.
0: Yeah. Part of the, part of the cruise is like, you know, there's a nightclub and the casino and like, there's a lot of like tightly packed activities. Um, Yeah. It's weird. I've also found it. One of the main things I found interesting about this whole I guess pandemic and the way people are reacting to it is a lot of people think democracy means people have to think the way I think. And what democracy means is sometimes I get my way. Sometimes I don't. And that's good on both sides. That's just how it works. So it always, I'm not surprised that people want to do cruises. I'm surprised that people are surprised. And just because that you think, you know, you're not supposed to go on a cruise that you think everyone should. And if they don't, then you're fucking, then they're fucking crazy. Um. So yeah, I'm not surprised that people were doing it. I'm just maybe, maybe I hang out with Mike too much. I'm too cynical, but like (laughs) surprised at the surprise. That's what I don't
3: care. You know what? I'm actually like like kind of. If I was to make, if I was to make a bet, the bet was, what will come back first. Vegas casinos or cruise ships. I would have put money on Vegas casinos just because, like, and Mm. that's not coming back. Like, unless it is, I I haven't heard anything, but it, it sounds like it's still not close to coming back. So. Yeah, it's weird because um, I was watching TV today and they said that um, the government put a restriction on cruise ships till like July or something. And then um, basically they haven't extended that deadline. And that's why all these cruise companies started putting their um, putting the cruise tickets available for sale. But, yeah, I'm just shocked that Vegas wasn't open first over cruise ships because I'd much rather go to Vegas um in the sense that you're not in the middle of an ocean somewhere stranded especially if like you were to be quarantined versus a cruise ship where if something was to go wrong you're stuck in the middle of the ocean for god knows how long so i think it's much safer to open up a city like vegas than it is to get people on cruise ships but yeah
0: yeah i don't want to be in a fucking cruise ship after a month and like food starts running low and like oh my god
3: did you see uh did you see this uh, i think it was a canadian couple but they made videos uh when they were quarantined on the cruise ship uh for like almost a month and just their day-to-day life it was interesting man like they couldn't leave their cabin uh they'd have food delivered to their cabin every day they were one of the lucky ones who had a balcony
4: so they
3: could go sit on their balcony Hmm. and just like chill outside but there were other people on the cruise that didn't have a balcony so you have no windows you can't leave your cabin food is being delivered it's like you're being in a little jail um but yeah they they blocked their whole experience because they're trying to send videos to their families um and they said they were doing okay but then yeah after like a couple of weeks they were kind of going crazy because uh they weren't allowed out but then i think the crews started uh, like kind of giving people more freedom where uh certain you know certain floors could go outside for like 20 minutes just to get fresh air but then they'd have to go right back in but uh yeah it was, it was i just imagine the people without a balcony you'd just be stuck in this little little room for three, four weeks like that. you gonna go insane.
2: sucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah actually well, it does sound like jail.
0: Yeah. Well I saw one uh I was just watching I don't know if you guys have ever seen Our Planet on um on uh on Netflix. It's like one of those like doc- mm-hmm. nature documentaries and I was watching like the behind the scenes clips and these guys were in a wooden hut in Siberia for like ninety days trying to get footage of a Siberian tiger. Didn't, didn't end up uh, getting it. Had to come back the next year and they were in those huts again for like two months and then finally they were able to get like three minutes of footage. But they were like in like minus 20 weather in like a, a hut that's like four feet by four feet. Just fucking waiting why, for these tigers just, to show up. These tigers are just, there's not that many of them? or There's like, not that many. They're super timid. They don't, they don't come around often. Like, oh fuck.
3: It's not like that a uh, leopard video in India?
0: That I sent you today? Yeah, <laughs> yeah not like the leopard fucking killing everyone in India.
3: Tyrone, I have to send you this video, about It's it's crazy. Uh, some loo- there's a leopard way. loose in some Indian village. It's, it's ridiculous. It's not the plot of I
1: Jungle Book? that just happened.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Jungle Book. Um, any of you guys been watching, speaking of Netflix, any of you guys been watching the MJ documentary?
3: Hell yeah. yeah?
0: Absolutely. All of you? Yeah?
3: You know how earlier Definitely. you were asking like how's COVID life? That's the third thing I miss is sports, man. So this is like, this is I think every sports fanatics like only exposure to sports right now. And oh man, I always loved MJ, and fuck, do I love him! Like this dude is awesome. Like just watching this documentary, he is the definition of like an alpha male. Like does not give a shit. Ultimate competitor. It's uh, and I was telling Dime, it's it's so entertaining to watch like '90s basketball again because I feel like it's such a different game than what like goes on now where you touch James Harden and it's a foul and he's, you know, flopping 10, 10 feet. So different to see the Jordan there for sure.
2: So I have a question for you guys on on the topic of last dance, because I feel like it's come out in the last maybe episode or two, but how do you feel about MJ having kind of having control over the whole documentary and so narrative and everyone, the idea of a specifically Jerry Krause, being absolutely kicked when he's down as a dead man who can't defend himself being fully portrayed as a villain in all this and MJ getting to say whatever he wants. Like, do you think it's Jerry Kress was like valid, he was the villain, he wanted to break people up, or there's a different side to a story and we're never going to be able to hear it now?
1: Yeah, I think, I think like, so I actually like going into it, I thought that he was going to be vilified way worse than he is. Like it is kind of yeah. bad, but like, I don't think it's as bad as I was expecting. Um, just I was listening to a few podcasts, people that had like early access to it and they were going on about like how he looks like this huge bad guy. Um, he does in a sense, but like it wasn't, it, it's not nearly as bad. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, He's dead. So like, you can't really, if you want to, if you want to make the documentary, like you can't really do anything about that part of it. Um, But I definitely think that there's like an entire story that narrative that we're not hearing for sure. Hmm. Um, There's, there's definitely something else. Um, I mean, it's a basketball team. Like there's so many unwritten rules. Like, you know, it's a fraternity that like things don't get out. And I'm sure that we're probably hearing like, if we're lucky, 50% of
3: have 50% of the story, if not, if not less. That's fair. I think it's, uh, yeah, like it was known that Jordan hated this guy and like always had beef with the management. Like, it, like, I don't know if you've seen the clip of Jordan's hall of fame speech, but he calls out Jerry, he calls out, calls him out while he's in the audience saying like, who invited you here? Um, so it was known that like, he didn't like him. And then plus with, Scottie Pippen, like back in the '90s, not getting this contract, he made it pretty public that um, he was not happy with the management. And uh, I don't know if you've read Phil Jackson's uh, 13 Rings," but I read that book before I watched this documentary, and it's it's really good because he talks a lot about this stuff. Uh, but now it's energy, like now it's really good to see it in picture. But yeah, like he has a whole chapter dedicated to like why he retired from the Bulls, um, his mm-hmm. whole issue with uh, Kraus and like just their egos, um, you know, butting heads. And as far as Jordan controlling the narrative, yeah, like, the dude's, the dude's a billionaire. Like, you knew he was going to have complete rights over, like, what was going to be. He, You know, he put this, he agreed to put this out the day when LeBron came back from the 3-1 series against Golden State. Um, that's, that's the day he's like, okay, let's put out this documentary. The dude has an ego to a point where he always wants to be known as he's the best in basketball. So, I think this is a reminder to the young generation that never really watched him play, like, yeah, you guys missed out, and you think LeBron's better than me, but uh, no, he's not. So I think Jordan definitely wanted to control the narrative with this documentary, and he's he's doing a pretty good job. I think everybody's watching it and be like, damn, Jordan's a shit.
0: Well, one thing you got to remember with MJ is he's not just an athlete. There's like a billion-dollar brand behind him. So I think he, I think not only he, but also maybe the guys at Nike and the, the people behind him were saying, listen, if you're going to release a documentary, you've got a lot of fucking skeletons in your closet you better be careful what gets out there because the last thing we need is like some you know the michael moore of sports coming out making a documentary about you and and revealing mm-hmm. god knows fucking what and all of a sudden nobody wants to buy your sneakers anymore so i think he needed to be very careful about the message that got out there too
3: isn't it isn't it also interesting like the reason why i like the documentary is it's pretty real like it's not it hasn't been like um mm-hmm. i don't know i can't think of the word but it like ESPN and Jordan didn't make it oh, just like it's all about Jordan. Like they talked about his flaws, they talked about his gambling addiction. No. Uh they talked about the rumor as to why he retired in ninety three. Was it really a suspension or not? Uh. so I did like the fact that they didn't shy away from all of these controversies that Jordan did go through his career. Um they talked about it in there. So it's it's yeah, it's pretty cool that I think that they did, they did it that way. And plus Jordan dropping the F bomb every two minutes, which is always good to see.
1: I think true. my uh, favorite part my favorite part of the documentary or parts of the docu- documentary is when they record MJ watching like Isaiah Thomas or other people yeah. talking oh, yeah. about him and then he just <laughs> he's just watching the video of them and he's either he's either shaking his head or he's just like laughing them off like like the the last episode with the with the glove and like he's <laughs> yeah. talking about how he could lock down Jordan and Jordan's just laughing his ass
2: off into the, into the iPad as he's watching it. It's so funny. And he has a and killer line. You know, he's like, sorry, go ahead, Tyrone. I, I was just going to say, you know, right after he watched that, if he stepped onto a court, like he, in his mind knows he would be about to drop 45 in a game today. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. He's sitting there and he watches the like, bucks. The,
1: the, the funny thing, like, so one thing I think that's always going to work in like MJ's favor is like, I feel like now with, you know, cameras literally following you everywhere and like the, the psychoanalyzing of like everything athletes do, like that didn't exist like back with MJ. Right. So everything almost seems like mythical um, because everything wasn't so well documented. Like every second of his life wasn't so well documented. And then the other part of it is like, it comes across as like super, you know, his will to win or like his drive and passion comes across as like super genuine because he's not like, he's not doing it for the gram. Like he's, just, yeah. he's like now, if you're, if you're an athlete and you're posting videos of yourself working out, you could be like the hardest working basketball player, but there's just something that I think dilutes how genuine it is or your passion is when you're posting things for everyone to see. And now it's you could argue like MJ's doing that with the documentary now, but I'm happy he is. But back then when he was, you know, criticizing his teammates and being hard on himself—it was, you know, he was doing that just for himself because there was really yeah. nobody else watching, which I think yeah. is really cool.
3: Imagine social media around uh, while Dennis Rodman is out partying in Vegas during their <laughs> uh, during their playoff series. And speaking of Dennis Rodman, that was probably one of my favorite episodes. But man, Carmen Electra holy shit this, oh this woman looks hotter now than she did in the 90s just and she was ridiculous. a smoke show in the 90s when she
0: came on i was like
3: holy shit i was like wow like i, I was just like I, I think i have to watch that like five times carmen electra like definitely had a crush on her in the 90s and yeah she resurfaced i was like all right man i was like dennis rodman is the man he's the real mvp <laughs> dude, was, dude was taking breaks during the middle of the season to bang carmen electra everywhere and anywhere like come on that's
2: insane <laughs> and yet he was an occupational hazard for her.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What do you guys think? So there's been a lot of, I guess, a lot of talk about, uh, you know, the classic Jordan-LeBron debate. One of the things I found interesting is, you know, if you talk just on the court, you could probably make an argument that maybe Jordan was better than LeBron. But when you take all aspects of their life, I, I think it's tough to say that, you know, in terms of, an overall person I would say that LeBron overall is a better person than Jordan considering what LeBron's done for the community and building schools and all these things and Jordan off the court all he's really known for is you know uh, gambling and there's a lot of conspiracy (laughs) theories about him and stuff like that so what do you guys think about any any sort of celebrity whether it be sports or, or music where you know taking their full picture into consideration especially with this MJ documentary
1: so for me you have to
2: go ahead Tyra. no so and if you have to i think for me one of the ones that always comes up for this and and maybe in the sphere of arts is when you consider art plus the person man or woman and can you separate them like one of the ones that always comes to the forefront for me is kanye west who i think is one of the people who most would acknowledge is has been a genius in terms of his art over the last 20 years. And what he's done outside of that is controversial and has its ups and downs. And especially in the last few years, it's only probably gotten more volatile. And so I, I don't have the right answer. And for me, I definitely still really enjoy most of what he's produced, but I I do think it can become as people commit, you know, whoever they are, or maybe, I don't want to use a kobe example because he rip is now dead too but it's just like what people do outside of their you know profession and how they excel at that and who they are outside of that just can become hard to reconcile but for all of us too like when mike was talking about how even this documentary we maybe know 50 percent of what's happening to this at the end of the day for all of us here discussing it on this podcast we don't know anything about these people's lives and so even what's come to light is just it's never going to be the whole story and so part of me in some ways feels like well who am i to judge or you know yeah. have an opinion on it when at the end of the day i'm not going to know any of probably the real facts of what's happened. Yeah. And so i like, yeah and like jordan
1: i was just gonna say jordan like jordan does a lot like he's big in philanthropy too he just it's not flaunted the same way lebron's is like anytime lebron does something it's it's plastered everywhere right and that comes back to the whole like once again like the whole you know social media like like almost diluting how genuine you are with things not in this case it's not basketball but like even with some of the like the I promise school and stuff that lebron has like it's great that he did it um jordan's done a lot of stuff too but you know you don't hear about it And that's why I can't even comment because I don't know a lot of the stuff that he's done behind the scenes, but you just know he has. Like, I've heard about it. Yeah, it's – it's
3: like as far as better basketball player, like Jordan's goat in my opinion, but better human being, like LeBron came in as an 18-year-old in social media era where everything is – anything you do in your personal life as an athlete can be out on the internet in a second and destroy your life and your career. This guy's never had a blemish regarding that except for his – Um, decision video, which at the end of the day was still basketball-related and nothing personal. Whereas Jordan didn't come in the social media era, and he still had, you know, gambling investigations, and, like, um, just, you know, like he was kind of like a degenerate almost. Um, And, yeah, like, I think LeBron, the big thing that LeBron does as an athlete, I think probably more than any athlete is he isn't afraid to talk about social issues. Um, whether he's informed or not, like, you know, the whole China controversy, that's up to debate, but he's not afraid to actually speak his mind. Whereas I think Jordan shied away from that. He, he really just focused on basketball and his brand. Um, and he wasn't so much into, and they talked about that in one of the episodes where, you know, it's Mm -hmm. Republicans buy shoes to or whatever. Um, he, he really like throughout the nineties, never said a single thing. And there was this article where one of his teammates, I can't remember who it was. Um, when they, won the, when they won the championship in 91 or 92, uh, it was the Lakers. I think it was the 91 series. It was the Lakers versus the Bulls in the finals. And this is right when the Rodney King uh, uh, video came out. So there was obviously a lot of, uh, lot of discussion in America at the time about police brutality. So uh, one of Jordan's teammates came, Jordan and Magic Johnson, and he said, guys, like, let's boycott the finals to make a statement. And obviously both of them said, hell no, like, we'd never do that. Uh, but like you know, Jordan would never speak on a social issue like that. Whereas LeBron has consistently come out and talked about police brutality. They, you know, the NBA they wore hoodies for and Martin. So I think that's the one thing that LeBron does have over Jordan is is social-wise. Like he isn't uh, he doesn't shy away from that controversy, and he's not like afraid to put himself in the crosshairs of people that might disagree with him.
1: Unless it affects his pockets. You could argue the whole China thing he didn't comment on. Uh so he does have his own personal interests as well that sometimes he doesn't uh, okay. he he lets uh, cloud cloud uh what he stands up for and not. That was I think he's I not also, perfect was, in his
0: own That was pressure from he's the not, league too, I think. Like Steve Kerr, Greg Popovich, they were saying a lot of dumb shit about China too. So that could have been yeah. like a league thing. He's the face of the whole of the whole sport, so I guess it was kinda gun to his head. But yeah, you're right.
3: I I think he just, he literally spoke about something he has very little knowledge about. And I like, most people don't know about China relations with the U S it's a very like delicate topic for people to talk about because like, you know, they're, they're they're the biggest business partner for America, but at the same time, they disagree on so many things. So yeah, I think LeBron probably shouldn't have, should have just said no comment, but um, domestic issues that impact like, like black people and like people in like Uh, inner communities like he always talks about that he just talked he just tweeted like a few days ago when that murder happened in uh, I think it was in Georgia where the two guys killed that black guy jogging like Mm -hmm. LeBron tweeted you know we're hunted down like animals and it's funny because I was reading his tweets and people like take his words literally like people are like what are you talking about? You live in a mansion, who's hunting you down? And I'm like, no, he's not talking about him personally. like he's talking about like the race, like yeah, but yeah like Jordan would never do mm-hmm. anything like that, and most athletes would like Tiger Woods would never say something like that. Um, hockey players definitely not because they no. have a personality of a chalkboard, but, um, <laughs> Tyrone agrees, but uh, yeah, so I think like LeBron probably just talked about China not really knowing much about yeah. that. Uh, that whole controversy
0: yeah and I think what, what, what do you think about the
3: last dance robbie like have you watched all the episodes i know
0: i haven't watched a single thing i'm not a big uh basketball guy i'm also not a big jordan guy for the reasons we talked about i just couldn't rally around them but one thing speaking of Ty- tyrone talking about kanye west like i don't know i, I feel like over time the the bad things kind of get filtered out like i've been watching uh hip-hop evolution uh Uh, Mm -hmm. you were telling me about it like people forget tupac was in jail for rape and he got out because he signed a deal with suge knight suge knight did god knows what got him out and then the next day he's in the studio with dr dre making music but like that feel like that doesn't really come out because he's that was a long time ago but like now when like triple x tentacion died or like juice world died there was a huge amount of people saying, yeah, well, he beat women, so fuck that guy. Or, yeah, he had a drug problem, so fuck that guy. Meanwhile, Tupac is crowned as, like, one of the top three of all time. And nobody mentions this huge thing that, you know, he was in jail for fucking rape. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, can I, can I comment on that? Because you're tarnishing Tupac there, bro. Yeah, go, uh, go, go. <laughs> so he, he was in jail.
3: But I, I don't know if he was found out guilty. But Suge Knight bailed him out. So at the end of the day, like, he wasn't criminally like found guilty when he came out and started making music with Dr. Dre his bail was set a million dollars and nobody bailed him out so that's when Shug Knight and Snoop Dogg and these guys were like you know we should put up the money and bail him out and have him join Death Row Shug Knight completely used him as a pawn uh for his East Coast West Coast beef knowing that he had an issue with Biggie and him bailing out Tupac would ignite something in him because he knew how angry he was but as far as the whole rape thing that's like uh, like I once again, I don't know what happened with that trial. I don't know if it it even ever finished because he was murdered like shortly after, but yeah, he wasn't found guilty yet. So, um, I think maybe that's why it isn't talked about because he was very public about it too. When he came out, he did a lot of interviews and they asked him about the whole rape charge. I'm I'm pretty sure he's found not guilty, like, I'm almost certain of it, but um, he did say that, like, and there's there's that Tupac movie too where they they actually show that scene. Um, Mm. And, like, he was falsely accused because he was in the hotel room. But, obviously, he was a known guy. He always, he always claimed
0: he was falsely accused. Yeah. You know, he said yes. he never did it. But, like, I mean. Who the fuck it's like Kobe, man? right? Like, Kobe is found not guilty of, yeah.
3: like, the whole rape thing. But that, that stigma was held against him for years. Like, he's yeah. a rapist. Like, you know, that's what he was like. People are like, oh, Kobe sucks, He's a rapist. But he's found not guilty. And then over time, like, his image improved to a point where, you know, he just passed away and you saw that, like. You know, people people celebrated his life and it was his that really wasn't talked about at all. It right? gets
0: kind of filtered out. But like yeah, well Co- I mean Kobe settled for millions of dollars with that woman. Um yeah. but that's whatever. I'm not gonna knock on the guy. Um Come on, man, t- knock
3: on that guy. No, yeah, no, yeah, you, want, you want views <laughs> off the Kiki podcast? Create some controversy. That's, yeah, that's, that's bad taste <laughs> talking I, yeah, no,
0: I I loved Kobe. I that was a that was a bummer. But um you should Why watch we... the
3: Jordan documentary though. Just give it, just watch it. Even if you're not a fan, I think you'll enjoy it.
0: Yeah. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe I yeah, will. It's interesting, man. It's like,
3: there's a lot of different like storylines and dynamics and like, plus, yeah, I think it's pretty entertaining.
0: Okay. Yeah, maybe we'll check that out. Um, so I have a hypothetical scenario and we'll, we'll each kind of give our, our answer as, as to what we would do in the situation. So imagine it took you, let's say seven to 10 years, pick your number And you work like a dog and you save $100,000 in your bank account. And then a situation occurs where Jeff Bezos comes out and he says, if you donate $100,000 to my charity, you'll be my right-hand man for a year. You'll work on all the projects with me. You'll stay in my fucking, in my penthouse in Manhattan with me. You will be my shadow for an entire year. All you have to do is donate $100,000 and you don't get paid a penny after that. Would you take that deal?
3: Who do you want? I'll go first.
0: Whoever has one, yeah, go for it.
3: Um, I say no uh, because I've heard of nightmare stories about Jeff Bezos and how he works so I'm pretty sure I would hate him after like an hour um, because he'd make me get up and like do bullshit work that I'd be like, fuck this. Uh, I don't know. I just, I wouldn't have any interest in doing that just because yeah, like I'd be a great experience to learn from like a modern day genius and like probably one of the best businessmen we've seen but I don't know. This is like doesn't interest me to do that at all. I can watch enough YouTube videos of him talking for free, then have to donate my hard earned hundred thousand dollars to a charity of his choice and uh, and learn from him. And how sorry? How long do you get to spend with him? Year, a year. Yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't interest me. Hmm. I think I could be the next Jeff Bezos without him. Maybe maybe he'll have to <laughs> donate to my charity and learn from me one day. The fuck you be my <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll go.
1: Uh, I think it's like a case. Okay, so you guys know me. I'm like the most frugal person in, in the world. Like, but I think it's like, for me, it's a no brainer. Like, you know, a hundred thousand dollars is obviously a shit ton of money. Um, But I mean, to spend a year with that. And like you said, Ro, like, I don't know anything about Jeff Bezos. I don't know if how much of an asshole he is to work with, but like, I know I would come out of that year with like, learn I would have I would learn a lot from that and not only just learn but like I would definitely get principles instilled in me that you, you 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 can't get like you know by by doing it on your own. like we said like if you're in quarantine by yourself for like you know five weeks it's hard enough to get up and do like crunches on the fucking floor um so if I if I could just spend a year with that guy and at the end of the day like maybe I come out of that and I don't you know, open up my own successful business or whatever, but like I have a year of experience alongside Jeff Bezos that I can fall back on that I can, I can use to my advantage when I'm going out to like, you know, apply for jobs elsewhere and stuff too. Like if someone hears that I've been working as Jeff Bezos right hand man for a full year, I feel like that's almost all you need to say um, in order to like recoup that in, in the, uh, in the, in the business world, I guess, you don't have to come out of that, you know, being the most successful entrepreneur or anything. I just think that's experience that a lot of people would pay a hundred grand for.
0: Hmm. Tyrone, what do you think?
1: I mean, it's a fa- it's a fantasy world too. Like, there's a like I was gonna ask for more details and stuff, but then I realized just <laughs> <answer> the fucking <laughs> <plan>. <laughs> Yeah. No. And, and,
2: I was gonna I was
1: gonna be like, all right, so like I got a hundred thousand, but like, how much do I got left? Like, what, like am I completely broke when I come out of this? Like, do I have to take you know money what? I wanted, I a lo- Yeah, like I I wanted a lot more clarification, but then I was like, all right, just run with it.
3: Oh, take yeah. that take that 100 take that 100000 um, dive put it in your TFSA and buy amazon stock for the whatever year that you get to spend with them <laughs> and take that profit and be like thanks jeff bezos i learned <laughs> enough now i'm richer but <laughs> if If, if anything, I would probably short the Amazon stock as I go work
1: for, with the year. (laughs) Why
3: man? Amazon's going to like Amazon's everyone's we're all going to be Amazon slaves. We already are. I'm saying, I'm saying
1: that's a, I'm saying that's a testament to how much of a lazy
2: fuck I am. That's how
1: cancerous it would be to that company.
2: No, I, 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 I mean, I agree with Mike and everything he just said there and, and, I mean, there's people who would pay millions for that one year with Bezos, but I'm probably in the with row where I, I don't think I would do it. And I don't know if there's a, uh, well, there's definitely a bit of a recency bias coloring this year where like of all of the people, especially during this COVID time, who are the billionaires of the world. And there's lots of people like Bill Gates trying to find solutions for the cure. And there's Bezos who's asking his employees at Whole Foods to, Donate six days to others when he's, you know, raking in money hand over fist and could solve all of that, all of their vacation worries within a day or so. And so maybe it's some of those principles that I don't know if I'm fully behind. But um I, I just maybe think it's there's others, other leaders I'd rather learn from. And um, yeah, I, I, I think it's a hundred thousand that I, I could probably spend. Elsewhere and and it's it feels crazy to say because even like you're not going to put that towards an MBA I I don't, definitely think a a year with Bezos is worth its weight in gold in terms of any education you could have but um, maybe it's my own personal beliefs coloring it or just like my goals at this time where like I don't know if I like I don't aspire to own Amazon at the end of this like I don't view myself as somebody who's going to be worth 50 billion dollars and so for part of that i feel like i don't need to give up the money to get where he is because i in many ways don't envy him yeah i i I don't put him on a pedestal in that sense because he's a smart businessman but he did
3: it his way he has his own method and like his own madness and like just how he wants to do things i i just don't know if that you can replicate that by just learning from for a year like i'm sure you pick up a lot of tips but I I think he's just a modern day kind of, you know, genius in the sense that he does things his own way. And I don't think you can just replicate it for your own life. You have to kind of figure it out on your own. And I think all the billionaires, you look at it now, it's like they thought of something creative on their own. And the reason why they are billionaires is because they didn't copy the next guy. Right. There like nobody came out and said, oh, like I can do what Bill Gates does and just created their own Windows 95. They, they got to create something else. And that's why they are billionaires. Yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't interest me. Not him personally. I think like Tyron said, there's other
2: leaders that I'd probably be more interested in like following for a year. And to build on that row and things you sent me Robbie, but it's, it's in no way to discredit anything he's done or any of the other billionaires, because I think so much, and I feel like this is something you've showed me, Robbie is like so much of their success is built on those first few years and what they're putting in, in terms of like blood, sweat and tears. And so Jeff Bezos today knows a ton about business and is making all these strategic decisions and and really is brilliant but I think I would have learned more from him 15 years ago than I would learn from him today because I think today he sits at the top of a almost trillion dollar or trillion dollar at this point organization and people bring him as we all know completely polished decks that have been through 18 review cycles and and all the financials are there and everything is presented to him on a silver platter. And he says, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. And I'm sure it's a lot more than that, but I don't think it speaks to how he got to where he is. And so I wouldn't, I, I would rather the Bezos from 15 years ago than I would the Bezos today. That's
0: a good point.
3: Cool. What about you, Robbie?
0: I'd do it hundred percent for yeah. sure um more so even just like the contacts the people you would meet um like you could get out of that and start your own consulting company and start charging fucking five grand an hour and like you know there's not a lot of people that would be able to replicate your experience uh the lifestyle too like imagine like you know it's in theory like he invites you over to like his place in the hamptons and you're hanging out with like god knows who and I think it'd be, I would do it more just for like the life experience and the stories. And I think the contacts you would walk away with, um, would be worth their fucking weight in gold for sure. You could take, you know, a, a half ass idea and have, you know, 30 billionaire investors that you've once met before, um, and had conversations with. Um, yeah, I would, I would do it more for that. I'm sure you'd learn a ton from him too. Um, The only weird, the only tough thing would be like, man, it would be difficult to see that lifestyle and come back to fucking regular life. Like like, hanging out in his like $60 million penthouse in Manhattan and then fucking coming back to this place in Scarborough. Like, holy
3: shit. I have a follow up, Casco follow up uh, question related to billionaires. Sure. Uh, Rank your billionaires from this list. One being the best, four being the least favorite of yours. So Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, Mark Cuban, and uh, Zuckerberg. So rank rank your top from one to five.
0: I would say uh, Bezos, Buffett, Gates, um, Zuckerberg, Cuban. Cuban
3: fifth. Daimi? me.
1: Um. I would put Cuban first just because like I think he would be super fun to <laughs> super fun to just hang out with. We have similar interests and everything. Um I don't know, Bezos, probably Zuckerberg second, and then like Bezos Buffett and uh I don't even remember the fifth guy. I don't even care. I put them all in the same bucket. Zuckerberg. So whatever.
3: Mm-hmm. T Bone.
2: Uh Oh, I I am the old man of the group. I'm probably going like Buffett first, Gates second, and then Cuban, Zuckerberg, or no, Cuban. Yeah, Cuban, Zuckerberg, Bezos, I think. Oof. My, my list is very similar to yours. I put
3: Buffett first just because like the dude is so humble. Like just sitting with him, I think there's like, how you? How are you such a billionaire for so fucking long? And like, yeah. you're still frugal as fuck, and like, you don't you don't ball out like you're, you know, buying Gucci belts and shit. You know, but he made eighty
0: percent. He made eighty percent of his money after the age of sixty. Fun fact.
3: Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's insane. Bill Gates suck just because I think Windows ninety five is like when when people when kids read about our generation textbook, there'll be like a whole textbook yeah. on Windows ninety five, and I'll change like the entire generation. Third, Mark Cuban, mm. just because of sports. Uh, fourth Bezos fifth Zuckerberg and I don't think those two would exist if it wasn't for Bill Gates I think if yeah, for like sure. he hadn't created Windows 95 there would be no Amazon there would be no Facebook so that's my billionaires list
0: Nice uh so Tyrone I know you need to to giddy up soon uh so one thing I want to say is you're in the final so your your wife Danny's in the final stretch of uh of pregnancy so any I can speak on behalf of the other two idiots in the group chat. And I think anyone who knows you that just over the moon excited for both of you. And I can't think of a better couple that will be better parents. That's for sure. Um, what I would like to, to ask a question to Rohit and to Mike, I thought would be fun. Seeing as Tyrone's going to be a dad in the very near future, what is something that you wish your parents did, said, bestowed mm. upon you, whatever it is you might think? Uh, what is something that you wish your parents did?
3: Did better, like something that did they, better, or done. did it
0: all, or anything. oh, okay, anything that
3: comes. Um, to mind. so two things, something that they did was, um, I think my dad taught my sister and I to think very independently. Um, you know, mm. just like follow your own mindset and and don't follow the crowd. I think that just like helps me think think differently. I think sometimes, and two, I, something I wish they did do is uh give us more freedom i think they were a little bit too strict uh which caused us like not to be able to share information with them thinking oh they're not going to understand just get us in trouble so uh and they're immigrant parents i think that's like a common trait with immigrant parents so i think those are my my two things
1: um yeah i would say that and i've said this for a while actually so for as long as i can remember Like when I was a kid, like even I remember, like, I remember this vividly being like five years old and we were still living in Brampton at the time. And it was just me and my dad. And we were just, I don't, I don't know what we were doing, but, uh, I just always remember from like that age, always having the word university, like engraved into my brain, like (laughs) university, 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 (laughs) university. And you know, you grow up and I don't want to say it's brainwashed because you have to keep in mind immigrant parents. So in their minds, like that's, that's the way to like a successful, you know, lifestyle is go to university, get a good education, graduate, get a good job and all that stuff. And so I always like to think about how my life could be different if I went into it from a young age not having that sort of drilled into my head and thinking a little bit more freely and thinking that it was a little bit more okay to, you know, pursue passions or things that, you know, seem a little bit more rocky in the future um, than what the typical path is, which is, what I just said. So, uh, it's not at no, not at the fault of, uh, my parents or anything. That's what they believed was right. And now I have different, I have different beliefs after going through it. And, and I always say that like, if, and when I do have children, like that's one thing that I'm going to make sure that I, I don't do and make sure that they're just a little mm. bit more liberated from that. am not going to tell them to go like fuck off and do whatever they want and be an idiot, but like, <laughs> yeah, let them, let them, let them come up with their own thoughts, their own beliefs, um, whether it's around, you know, career wise or, or any
3: sort of life choices.
0: It's hmm. a good one. Yeah,
3: yeah, sorry. Sorry. You know, it's so funny. It's uh, I'm so immature as soon as Dimey said he grew up in Brampton, my immediate thought was to like start making gunshot sounds. But I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm not going to interrupt. But that's the first I like, <laughs>
2: hey, I was born in Brampton.
3: Wow, you got two. I'm not even from, I have no connection to Brampton. No,
2: two two white guys from Brampton. You got this guy. Yo, always I was, think it's uh, me and Sunshine are from Oakville, but I was born in.
3: <laughs> Move from Brampton to Oakville, eh? That's, uh, that's, that just tells you the middle class, like, that's the definition of the middle class rising.
2: <laughs> I, I lived there for a month, so I guess that's fair. Fair enough. <laughs> you lived in
3: Brampton for a month? Yeah. <laughs> and you had to share that you lived in Brampton. That's, that's not called living, bro. That's just called stopping by. <laughs> I, said I, was born, I said I was born there. Quick no, vacation. born there.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I would say from for me, so I'll, I like to end off positive. So the one thing I wish they did was we lived, you know, maybe three minutes from a, my parents were very like controlling and very, Um, They didn't like me going out after school and like I was never able to like go to the mall or go to the movies we live. And it wasn't like, yeah, I wanted to do that at the time, but even something so small, like we lived three minutes from a convenience store. If they gave me a $5 bill and said, Hey Rob, why don't you walk to the convenience store by yourself, get, you know, four chocolate bars for you and your siblings and come back and, in that little journey, I would learn independence. I would learn navigation. I would learn the value of money. I would learn how to deal with uh, a cashier. I would learn how to buy things. I would learn so many things and that seven minute experience. Um, and I, I think, you know, at the time when you're a parent, it's very easy to fall in the trap of, you know, this, this, you know, I would die for this fucking kid. So I've got to protect them from the world. Um, but you also, I think have to be very cautious of, you know, how much you protect them and by the way that was all futile because i've been to more countries than all of my cousins combined times four so like Mm -hmm. all that did was build up steam where the second i got some sort of um independence i was like a fucking shotgun and was going to every country that would have me um so i I think something like that uh would have helped me a lot uh one thing that they they both did masterfully well is there was never a second in my life where I didn't think my parents were in my corner. Um, Mm -hmm. from, from the moment I was a conscious human being until this very second and onward, I have no doubt that my mom and my dad are in my corner will be there for me and have my best interest in mind, no matter what, no question above their own. Um, so I think just that, and really they didn't, they never said that to me. That was just more leading by example. Um, uh, yeah, that was a big one, I would say. Um, yeah. So I thought maybe you could benefit from that, Tyrone. Hopefully you, 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 you enjoyed that. When's, uh, I, I do want to ask baby
3: do. Sorry, Tyrone. So baby do.
2: Yeah. Well, I was going to say, Mike, what was your question? I thought it was the same.
3: Oh, um,
1: so I was going to, I was going to ask you like, what's one specific thing that you look for? forward to doing with your child within like the first you know five years of it being alive it (laughs) I don't know if it's a girl or a boy uh him or her being alive so so just to give you an example like for me and it's very specific um like I say if and when I have kids I can't wait to read to them specifically harry potter but just like read to them like every yeah. single night like that's one thing that I, i'm really really looking forward to
2: yeah no a couple of good questions there and um obviously i really great insights from all of you and like really appreciate from us non-parents <laughs> hey, hey yeah. no but like to what rob's question was it's all of us who have been kids and i think that's all we take into being parents is we've been kids once upon a time. And so we learn from our own parents and those around us. And, um, you kind of make up the rest as you go along. But, um, to start with Rohit's question, um, or a bit of Mike's is, uh, we're having a girl, which I'm really excited about. I, I was one of three boys. And so I know nothing about girls. Um, and I'm really excited about that. And she's due on June 7th, but, um, there's a lot of uh, indications from my wife's gut and the medical community that's examining her. That's probably going to come early. So could be late May um, or definitely early June. So probably two or three weeks at this point, which is really exciting. But um, Mike, I, I I really like your question about something that I'm excited to do with her. And I mean, five years, it feels like a lifetime. When at this point I'm just wondering, you know, how am I going to get through the first month, the first two months, the first even year with her and, um reading is definitely one of the things that I not to steal your answer but to echo it you know I'm really excited to do with her and the fact that she hasn't been born yet and I have four shelves put up in her room that are all full of books and we have more books than those shelves can contain and you know there's gonna be the newborn ones and then the ones that she can grow into and I just feel like reading is such a important thing that you can instill in your child and I think of myself where I I was an avid reader growing up and um, probably about middle school, high school, just decided um, that I didn't want it anymore, and just you know, Cole's notes um, was a website that came into prevalence, and I was able to just look on the internet and get all the answers to get through high school, and then um, came back to it a lot later in life, and you know, Harry Potter, I read again, and I know all you guys in this call have read Harry Potter, which I'm very happy about, but um, I, I I think in this moment, at least maybe it's just um, where I'm at right now, but I I think it's just like her beginning to say her first words and talking. And I think just the whole experience of like being able to see her discover the world through words. And just like, I'm, I'm so curious as to what her first words are going to be and what she's going to be interested in right off the bat and to be able to help her understand it and and teach her those words, I I think is going to be really cool. So I think just, Um, helping her speak. And um, it's going to be really exciting. But to go back to like, I appreciate what all of you shared and um, the themes I'm taking out of that. And I think Rohit almost said it best where it was just like, his parents gave him independence, or independent thinking for him and his sister, but maybe not the freedom and all of you expressed themes of just like, at the end of the day, as a kid, all you want is for your parents to, as Robbie said, know they're in your corner and love you. But just to be secure in that and let you be free and and I think that's much easier said than done and parents have all the best intentions that they want to secure their child and protect their child and for that reason they can't let them be free but the it's it's weird to think that the more we can do to let go of our children you know the happier they'll be in the end and the better off they'll be and so um I appreciate you all sharing that with me and and just I, my daughter's not even born yet, and yet I have to know that like, she's not mine. She's her own person, and I, I just need to let her do her own thing.
3: Don't, don't read too you much sound, Harry Potter to her. She, her first words <laughs> might end up being Slytherin. Uh,
1: <laughs> uh, Tyrone, you, you sound, when you spoke there, you sounded like you were already a parent of like 25 years. So I got to say, I think, you're, I,
3: think, I think you're ready for this, man. Uh, I mean, it's so weird looking at you right now. It's so dark; all we see is a silhouette of your hair. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a Slytherin. Yeah, yeah he is Slytherin. Looks like Lord Voldemort right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I know Tyrone needs to go. Tyrone, I'm gonna let you, you know, say your own closing comments if you have anything you want to share. But before you do, um, you have in- introduced me to, you know, Springsteen. You've introduced me to Harry Potter. You've introduced me to white, you know, white cheddar craft dinner um you've been an incredible friend i'm completely and utterly honored to know you and, and danny um not only a great friend you're going to be probably one of the best guys i know um so i just wanted to uh to thank you for coming on and uh thanks for being a great guy and uh we look forward to hear from you soon buddy
2: yeah i appreciate it i mean i definitely hope uh and or the people chant as they call them and dimey uh get <laughs> nice an outro as i'm getting but uh no, pleasure to be here and thanks for having me on the high Hikiki. And um, the listeners can't see it and nobody's mentioned it. But for the first time in my life, I always felt like I couldn't support Hikiki because I didn't have a beard and I still don't. But it's taken me nine weeks of quarantine to get like a bit of a chin strap going. And so mm-hmm. I'd love to put an order through on the product. Zoom, zoom, in zoom into the camera, <laughs> please. <laughs> Come closer. Oh, I yeah, see, you look good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been oh, yeah, a couple times but uh finally turning into I, I, I can finally support the hikiki hey brand so I, th- I think i need to get some uh in order of some products in and so uh yeah you know just want to support the brand
0: i love it buddy thank you see you man have a good oh, night bro thanks guys
2: see you buddy uh park.
0: you two guys want to keep going or you got to get out of here
3: uh, i can keep going what time is
0: it Nine thirty. mike what are you saying
1: i i got nothing to do bro okay <laughs> i'm good i'm good even even if you want to still chat and not even do the podcast i'm good for anything dad
0: uh, we will just keep recording and then i can always edit in afterwards do you have a, a balcony light
1: yeah let me do that why are we turning it you just want to see my face you miss me that bad eh?
0: yeah that is the exact reason your neighbor outside who's that in the background
1: there's no one in the background
0: uh, i thought i saw someone walk by
3: i don't see roe anymore though yeah, yeah i'm here sorry i'm just checking my messages once up. Oh, okay. i just want to see poker's happening <laughs> <laughs> Degen. oh fuck this light jesus christ oh do you have a motion sensor
1: yeah and i've been trying to like mess with it to try to figure out how to like stop it from always turning off and uh I can't figure it out. Nice. Yeah, man, I so can't Rob, believe I can't believe one? it's taken us this long to do like a a video call in quarantine. It's the first one we've done. We should have did this like five weeks ago. We invited you. You never responded.
0: Yeah, you felt <laughs> yeah. That's it.
3: That's that's true. Yeah. I just put my own foot in my mouth there yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> scheduling something with you is like scheduling something with Jeff Bezos I have a fucking better
0: chance of spending with yeah. than, than like an hour with you bro well it's so funny I couldn't even believe <laughs> I couldn't even believe what just happened happened because Tyrone or Rohit messaged me he goes Yo, Tyrone's down to do a podcast we should do one the four of us and I'm like yeah sure man let's do it and in my head I'm like there's no fucking chance in goddamn France we're gonna <laughs> be able to get Tyrone and Mike Dame in the same podcast at the same time. We were able to pull it off. So, <laughs> why does your light?
3: Why does your light keep
0: going? Yeah, I'm just gonna
1: leave, I'm just gonna leave it off. It's fucking
3: motion sensor, and I think start, the motion start your fire, is bro. Start yeah, but that's, that's not gonna light it up. <laughs> Last time you had the fire on, it was lit up when you were playing poker. Now, let me try. Let's see. Let's try it.
0: That's hilarious. We st- we still have that idea for uh, doing the album reviews.
1: Fuck yeah, man! Yeah, let's we do could. It. I know we don't have an album that we specifically reviewed, but like, we could talk about planning for it, like right now. Like, let's just pick an album, like listen to it, and then fucking come
3: back and like we each, a
2: couple we each, days.
3: Each person picks an album for the other two guys to listen to and analyze. Yeah, okay, it could be yeah. an album all three of us have heard. It could be an album that maybe only one of us have heard. But Robbie, since it's your podcast, you can pick the first album that we'll all listen to and then review
0: yeah so okay so so empathy so that first of all that was different than the original idea so just to catch up the listeners since i sometimes forget that people potentially might be listening to this was we had an idea where we pick one artist and we pick two of their albums and then we come on a podcast and, and compare the two and discuss about you know which one we like better. Which one has better rhymes? Which one has better beats? Which one has better production value? Blah blah blah. The, ad- the working title was one artist, two albums, three idiots. Um, but we can we can work on that. But so Rohit, are you saying that we just do one album and talk about it, or do you still want to do two albums, the same artist?
3: Um, I say one album because listening to two albums uh, from the same artist. Like, I don't care. I, you know me. I'm a hip-hop head. I'll, I'll listen to four albums and talk about it. It doesn't matter to me, but um, if we do one album and, and give our thoughts, I think it might be better. But we can... Yeah, I think one yeah it's up to you guys.
0: I'm and by the way, Dami, mean, I, like I the fire
3: right now, the fire? Ooh, it looks heat, bro. You should, yeah, it looks... you should have had it on the whole time. That looks so <laughs> yeah, yeah. sick. I looks know. Like Survivor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. One album, album to... for sure. <laughs> nice. Mike, do you listen to the Baby at all?
3: Okay,
1: so I I don't listen to the baby, but I listen to his song "Nasty," and like I gotta tell you, I don't know if you guys have heard the song "Nasty." Yeah, of course, yeah. But I've never never heard a song that lives up that well to its name. That song <laughs> has some of the most vulgar fucking lyrics I have ever heard in my life. I can't even remember any of them. I just remember walking my dog through <laughs> this, the park that I take. I walk my dog through the same park every day, and it's like the most peaceful thing. And like, there's other families there walking. Everyone's keeping their distance, whatever. And then I, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to listen to this, the baby nasty song, because I just heard it's ridiculous. And like, playing that song in my headphones as I'm like walking through the park and watching like moms playing like in the park with their kids or whatever i'm like it was the most ridiculous contrast ever so apparently the funny story about that song is apparently when De baby was in the studio recording that song with ashanti um ashanti's mom was in the studio with them
4: oh my God. and da
1: baby was like really embarrassed to actually like record his verses with ashanti's mom there like he was like very like subdued and shy because of how like ridiculous the lyrics were and apparently ashanti's (laughs) mom was in the studio and she was like the number one fan of the song she was like encouraging him like pushing out like oh man ashanti's mom's a freak
0: (laughs) oh man that must be so weird for ashanti yeah
1: yeah uh Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. I, I think when you get to that point of like celebrity status, I don't I, I think you break that, those weird barriers I don't know. I,
0: th- I think so. We'll just imagine the amount of fucking articles that Ashanti's mom probably read about her. There's nothing yeah, she sure. exactly. Her already
3: heard. Her, her mom's her manager too, so she's got money ties with making sure that her uh, daughter's on a hit song.
0: Okay, that's fair. Well, did you know from March 2019 to April 2020, baby released three albums?
3: Yeah, Kirk was like the he really, I know two albums, Kirk, which went like that was his popular one, and then one I think is called "The Baby," and then I don't know what the third one is. Uh, I
0: like the baby," but baby the, problem baby.
3: With his, the problem with his albums are like he has the same flow every song, so it he just does. sounds like you're listening to one track over and over. like he, he, I do like his flow, and like I think he does a really good job of selecting the right beats, uh, but yeah, like it's, it just sounds like it's a continuous song over and over again.
0: Yeah, so he, so first he released uh, Baby on Baby. That's the album that had Suge. That was like his blow-up song. Um, then he had Kirk in late 2019. And then last, last month he released uh, Blame It on Baby. That's his latest one.
3: Oh uh, um, Yeah, yeah, yeah but I haven't heard the third one.
0: He has a very, yeah, a lot of his songs have a very similar flow. The thing I like about him is you don't know where, you never know where his rhymes are going to land. He's all, he's fucking all over the map. Yeah. Um, where he doesn't have like a consistent flow, it's just like he's, he's fucking up and down. It's pretty cool. Yeah. He, he was without he's question like, the biggest rapper last year for sure.
3: Yeah, he was definitely up there. He's very popular. Yeah. That's sick.
0: We lost Mike. No no I'm, I'm here. On. I
1: wanna read let me let me let me read you. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just 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 listen to listen to some of these lyrics. <laughs> Yeah, I want I want head before we fuck, and I want it nasty. She she like when I tell her to spit on it. I get mouth, and I sit on the couch, and I make her sit on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what else?
0: Well, no, it's three. It goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, this is a, yeah. This is a good one. I take both her legs and I put them behind her head like she a pretzel that I pick her up and slam her down on her head like I'm a wrestler. <laughs> 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 like, wait, wait Like, mmm, trying to kill the pussy, call the ambulance, get a stretcher. I'd be fucking... <laughs> oh, it's so <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> this goes right. on for like fucking 150 bars. Like, how can you wrap that, that in front of like a 50-year-old lady? That's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, man.
0: Well, when there's fucking double-digit millions on the table, you, you'll do a lot of things. Shanti's
3: mom. Yeah, that's true. She probably told him to add an ambulance line.
0: Yeah, she probably wrote a couple of those. A hundred. Yeah. (laughs) Wow, we did pretty good keeping this PG, but uh, we just went over the fucking map there. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to
3: lie. It was a little, it was more PG than I thought it would be.
0: Yeah, me too. Well, that's kind of nice, you know. Wider fan base, you know, better sponsors. Yeah, get that Coca-Cola money. That's right. Mike, one... One thing I don't wanna to leave out is um you released some music, I believe it was last month, uh Nasty for No Reason. Um you know, ten songs on the track. Uh I kind of wanted to hear, you know, what I guess your your inspiration was was for it. Uh what kind of vibe did you have going on? Um kind of what what can you say about the album?
1: Um so so nasty for no reason was like very different from like the first two, like I'm not putting parking lot sessions in here. So like smoke and mirrors uh, and stranger things like nasty for no reason was <clears throat> very different from that because like, I didn't go into that, na- like making nasty for no reason. Like those 10 songs that were on that album were not like necessarily planned to be released altogether on the same album. Right. Like when I started making, when I made smoke of beers and I made stranger things, like I started out with like a, a purpose theme topics that I wanted to talk about. And I made songs around that. Whereas like nasty for no reason, like, you know, I went on like a, like a one-year hiatus making music, but not releasing anything. So I had all these songs that I did that I really, really liked, but I, I, they, they, they don't fit together the same way that like the songs on, on the smoke and mirrors of stranger things album do. So, so this was more of just a, a collection of, of, really good songs that i made with a lot of artists out there that i just i really wanted to release uh the title nasty for no reason came from we were in the studio with Buffalo and breezy and we were making the song i don't care and i just remember like we're obviously all high as fuck in the studio and we're at this point i don't even know if the things that we're saying is gibberish or actual english but but I think Lenny just comes up onto the microphone and he just starts saying nasty for no reason. And I'm like, man, I love that phrase. Like I think that yeah. that phrase is dope and it wasn't intended to be the album title. I had all these other things. I was like, let's make a whole other album. We'll call it nasty for no reason. It'll all be collabs with the three of us started thinking like nasty for no reason is a sweet like record label name. Like there's so many things we could do with it. Yeah. Um, and then I got to a point where I was like, I have all these songs under my belt. Like I want to release it. And you know what, this, this title does like, it it does cover the entire spectrum of what those songs cover. So yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was fun. It was a a fun project. I wish, uh, I wish I didn't wait so long to put it out, but it's out. And believe it or not, that was in March. That was almost like two months ago.
0: Oh man, time does fly. Um, Yeah. What, uh, what can you say? So one of, obviously my favorite track without question is uh, Stephen A. Smith. Uh, with my cousin uh what well, sorry he's changed his rap name jordan saint juice wants want to make sure i get that right uh so what can you say so first of all I'm, the, I'm i paid for part of the studio so i'm technically an executive producer on the song just want to throw that out there <laughs> yeah you, um, you you own the song bro <laughs> that's right yeah uh so what what can you say about jordan and kind of his flow and and what do you think that you know kind of separates him as a unique artist and what do you think are some things that he might be able to work on in the future
1: so I think like um so yeah, I gotta say that's that's in my top three songs, like like Stephen a. Smith and you changed are my are my two favorite songs on the track um <clears throat> so he has like the lyrics like he he's he's good with the lyrics, like down pat, for sure, like when you listen to his lyrics like um the he he's they're all strong, like it's um what's the word that I'm looking for uh it's slipping my mind, but um his flow's good, strong lyrics. Uh, the, the thing that I would, the thing that I would say, and like, he probably knows this, like everyone's their own harshest critic for sure. So like, this is probably not news to him. And, um, this was to, to put it into perspective, I think this is one of his first times like being in a studio session like that. So to, to, to put it into perspective, like I remember the first time that I walked into a studio by myself, not let alone with like another person, another Artist there that's done it for quite a while. Um, just going by herself was already nerve-wracking as it is, right? So, like for him, I'm sure that that was that that was a part of it. Um, just it being his first time and everything. Um, the the only The only thing I would say is just when it comes to like um, the recording aspect of it, the more you do it, the more comfortable you'll get in front of the microphone and and it over time you'll be able to sort of pick up your energy level and stuff. Like when you're rapping into the microphone, right. You get that translate like translated into the recording part of it, because that's what I struggled with when I, when I was, when I was rapping, like from the beginning was, you know, the lyrics, everyone used to always tell me, yeah, your lyrics are good. Like your flow's really good. Um, you know, uh, everything you say is very comprehensive. So you always have a point they you're trying to make. Um, but, it takes time to get used to like translating that energy and enthusiasm like into a song. And uh, and he'll, and, and the more, the more you make music, the more, the more that, that comes for sure.
3: Yeah. One thing I do, noticed, why'd you call that song Stephen A. Smith? Oh, cause you're just,
1: that whole song is about just talking shit, right? Like you're just talking shit the whole time. Like, you know, um, like the 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 course talks about, like having a three piece suit with a with a matching Lambo. Like I don't have that shit. <laughs> I, I wish I had that stuff. I don't I don't have that stuff. But you know what? I don't care what I'm saying. I'm just Stephen A. does Stephen A. ever given a shit about what he says? Right? He just says things oh, to yeah. to stir up controversy and publicity. So that's that's why I called it that.
0: One thing. Cool. One thing that I've noticed, spending a lot of time with you in the studio, Mike, is the important and kind of going back to talking about uh, Jordan is the importance of experimenting and how fundamental that is to creating a great product. Um, And I think that's something that not only you can use in your music, but also I think that very well translates uh, into really, you know, any sort of entrepreneurial or, even just in your life, like the importance of like experimenting. Let's see what this sounds like. Let's fuck around with this sample. Let's fuck around with that sample. If you ever watched a video of, you know, a producer um, making a beat, it never starts where like he's working on it for three minutes and then that beat happens. It's, it kind of sounds like it and then they get away from it and then they get back to it. And somewhere along they find what they actually want the song to sound like. So experimenting is very important with that. I've noticed you do that a lot in the studio not afraid to try things.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like I'm pretty sure like the last time we were in the studio together, I was, I was telling you how like, this is my, I'm, I'm going, I'm going for like my Travis Scott vibes right now. Like I'm trying to experiment with like that new sound or like that new wave on this, on, on the new songs that I was making. Cause everything that I used to do, like smoke and mirrors and even stranger things, it's always like a lot of, a lot of the times it was just like that, 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 that like high energy, like always on a hundred all the time. And I wanted to try and like, you know, dial it back a bit, try to make things a little bit more melodic and, you know, something that you could vibe to and not necessarily all about like, you know, spitting lyrics like a machine gun, essentially. Yeah. But, but don't get me wrong. Like when it, when it comes to making music, like that is my favorite way to to rap or make music is it's just like straight like lyrics and bars and just like energy on 100 it's my favorite it's my favorite thing to do but at this point in time where where i think like where rap and hip-hop is right now that's not what what listeners want to hear right Mm -hmm. there is a pocket of listeners that want to hear that but people want to hear more melody more you know different sounds than than What it was like in like the you know late 90s early 2000s
0: well i remember watching an an interview with 50 cent and he was saying there's a lot of battle rappers who like lyrically are just insane but they couldn't write a song to save their life and uh yeah that's that's definitely something that you know is is difficult how do you kind of find that balance between staying true to yourself staying true to what you want to say um but like hey listen I, i i know just as well as you do it's very frustrating to spend hours and hours on something and fucking seven people listen to it. So how do you kind of yeah. find, how do you find that balance between staying true to yourself, but also trying to find that commercial appeal?
1: Um, I think like, so when I make music, when I'm making these songs, man, like I do it for like, you know, to hear your reaction and like Rose's reaction and like Sun Dance's reaction. And like my buddies from high school, like hear their reaction. Like I'm not in this, like I'm not, you know, making making a song and being like coming out of the studio like all right i'm gonna this is gonna get like a million views all that stuff what i look forward to is like when i put it out hearing what you guys have to say about it for sure and and i think that's definitely part of it um or or the biggest part of it for sure um when it comes to like staying true to yourself um like i said like i've always been big on lyrics making sure that when you're making a song like there's always some sort of point or theme to it you're not just like talking shit a lot of the times and and i have made songs like that too for sure um so for me it's been you know you can make a catchy song and still have good lyrics like i it's it's unfortunate that like there's a ton of songs out there that you know f- famous or not where they're super catchy and the lyrics are just bullshit and i just think that they're not mutually exclusive. Like you can do both at the same time. Like you can make a catchy song and have good lyrics with it. And I think, man, that's what, that's why Drake does. That's why Drake's amazing. <laughs> Drake's lyrics are always on point and they're catchy as fuck.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Rohit, what are some comments that you might have about, you know, we spent a lot of time with Mike in the studio. You've listened, we've obviously listened to a lot of his music. Uh, what can, not to put you on the spot, what, what can you kind of say is Mike? At, Say about Mike as a as an artist and and uh, kind of the music that he produces and uh, what do you think about that?
3: Uh, I, I think I've always told Mike like his his lyrics are probably his, his lyrics and his flow are probably his greatest two strengths. Like this dude is very witty with his wordplay, which uh, a lot of hip hop artists are not. So like I think you have to be clever in, in coming up with these words uh that rhyme and, and being clever at the same time and using metaphors and and just you know um being able to it's like it's like you're talking clever shit like you know you're you're talking shit but it's like clever like you got to think about it you got to be like oh shit did he just compare this to this like i always go back to that one line he has on um on uh fuck what's the second mixtape called um close my eyes yeah close my eyes where he's just like Um, you can't see me like I'm on the other side of the fence uh, like home improvement like I'm not lying I didn't catch that line probably for the first like 10 times And when I just like paid attention I was like whoa like that was fucking witty as hell and I was like that was a fucking great line Um, so I think yeah Mike's Mike's like does a really good job of uh, making sure like his lyrical game's on point and at the end of the day, it's like, he's a homie. So like the shit that he's saying is like very relatable. There's not many rappers that you can relate to on like a day-to-day basis because a lot of rap music is like, you know, talking about the struggle of growing up in the inner streets. I, I didn't have that. Like, I, you know, I, I was never around gangbangers and like poverty. Yeah. Um, or rappers talk about all the money and like the lifestyle that they have, which I think the reason why people are attracted to it is because that's what they want. But at the end the day, they don't have it. So I think Daimy's lyrics are like very relatable he talks about fucking it's funny like his last one of his songs he talks <laughs> about he says fuck property taxes like yeah. which name me one rapper that's <laughs> ever said on any rap song in yeah. the history of hip-hop fuck property taxes yeah. i've listened to a lot of hip-hop i've never heard those words or uttered by any rapper so um <laughs> it's just funny because like yeah this is like just some guy that you know you can relate to um but yeah, it's like fuck man, I knows mean, I'm I'm his sure. biggest fucking fan. I love his I love his music. So, well, one
0: yeah. thing, sorry Mike, but while we're on that topic of of, you know, talking about property tax, one thing I've always said about Mike is, you know, little Lil Dicky was kind of the 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 guy who was able to get middle class white collar rap kind of in the forefront where you don't have where you can be just a white guy from middle america who like had a pretty good family and still make rap music i think where he went wrong is he made it too goofy and almost like had like a weird Al Yankovic vibe that's but, what i was going to compare it to he's a weird he's a he's like a weird owl of Millennium. he's a he's a weird owl with with better va- with better raps i would say yeah but yeah. um
1: like he doesn't just he doesn't just do like weird owl does like actual parodies Right, a little yeah. Dick, he has like originals yeah yeah
0: but where where i think Mike is is he has that that authenticity that Lil Dicky had, but he packages it in a much more authentic to the art um, vibe. Whereas you know a lot of hip hop heads would listen to Lil Dicky, and regardless of whether they connected with him or not, they couldn't get around him because he to them he was just a joke. But what I think Mike is able right. to combine is not only the the middle-class, good vibe, you know, that middle-class vibe, but also very true to the art, knows his history, um, can spit just as well as anyone, has very good, catchy, authentic beats. I think, Mike, really, I I think your biggest strength is you're able to to combine best of both worlds. I always thought that there's a a huge, untapped market for kind of middle-class, white-collar rap, that often gets marginalized because that's just not where the culture is. Um, Yeah. But I think if it was packaged in something better that it would catch on. I think that's, I think that's something Mm -hmm. that you're absolutely doing.
1: Yeah. I think you, I think you like hit the nail on the head for sure. Like, I I think like little Dickie, um, you know, you could still listen to it and be like, Oh, this is parody. Right. Yeah. Um, Whereas, you know, I, I don't think you can listen to, the songs that i make and be like oh this sounds like this sounds like parody rap right wow. like it they still sound like like you said like they're still packaging it in a way that it's like it's still legit rap or like hip-hop um it's just talking about different things but it doesn't have that like goofy sense to it sometimes very very rarely like maybe a line here or there but yeah. but for the most part it, it's still it's still hip-hop and rap there's not a lot of parody to it i was gonna say I was going to say to Ro, like, I, like actually both of you, like, I think my favorite thing about making the music and then releasing it is, like, hearing you guys or, like, you guys messaging me or, like, we'll be listening to a song, one of my songs, or, like, we'll just be hanging out. And that's when you guys find out, like, a line that you you've probably listened to the song, like, 10 or 15 times and then you catch it on like the the 11th or 12th time what the line actually means and you text me and you're like so did you say this and i'm like yeah and i get so happy because i'm just like oh yes it got someone like someone got it right because like it's 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 really and that happens with rappers all the time so i guess like to avoid that i should put my lyrics on rap genius
3: or something (laughs) i I saw that you know what's funny is uh I was uh, drinking with my buddy Jeff recently, like he's in BC and uh, we were FaceTiming and just having a couple of drinks. And uh, we usually do this where we'll just like put on music and just like, cause he, cause he knows I'm a hip hop head. So he like, yo, like give me some tracks to listen to right now. So I'll just like give him a few songs that I'm listening to. So I told him to listen to You Change. And he has a big thing where he has to look at the lyrics of a song. Um, especially guys that are lyrical or like he just doesn't enjoy the song because it just goes over his head. So he's like, does Dimey have lyrics on mine? I was like, oh, I don't think so. And he Googled your name and typed in uh, Genius. And you, I guess like a lot of your songs, you put up your lyrics on there. So I should have sent you the video where it was like literally like 2 a.m. I'm drunk, standing on my balcony. He's sitting at home in D.C. putting on, you changed and he's reading your lyrics as it goes <laughs> along. And like, you're just like, oh shit, that was a sick line. I was just like, yeah, i was like daimi should put his fucking uh um uh, <laughs> i think like you man like i've i listen to your lyrics and a lot of shit goes over my head i can't imagine for somebody that's like not paying that much attention trying to yeah for find sure. out what you said it's definitely like kind of goes over but um yeah man like your fucking music's dope keep putting it out yeah thanks not, well you can't Appreciate you can't it. right now but with covid um uh, sorry robbie i, got, I have i, got I go have go to- like I was gonna say I gotta go in go Five ten minutes. I'm gonna go play poker game. Just to give you a heads up.
0: Okay, that's cool. Um. So then, yeah. Since we only have five ten minutes with you, Rohit, what? Uh, so we're we gonna we're gonna do one album. Yeah, choose or- one album.
3: We'll all like come back. So I think the premise will be, um, out of the album, choose your favorite three songs. Uh, why those three three songs? Just your overall feeling of. Like the album, what did you like about it? Was it the lyrics? What is it the beats? Uh, you know, like what what really caught your attention? What didn't you like about the album? So yeah, we just start there and have a discussion. So Robbie, you do the honors. You pick you pick an album and uh, anyone it doesn't matter which era,
0: okay. which
3: rapper, and we'll give us a couple days to listen to it and jot down some notes and then come come have a uh, call on Zoom and talk about it.
0: Nice. You know what would be fun is if we. I don't know if this is too much work. But if with each song you give it a rating out of ten, and then just add yeah. up the score and divide by how many songs, and then that'll be our yep. rating of the album.
3: Yep, I'm down.
0: Okay, sick. Um, well, I think we should do Do
3: you have an album right now in mind that you want, or you want to think about it?
0: Well, we should do out. like a, a classic. I would say just so we have like the first ones, like a good, a good song. How about? Um, how about 2014 forest hills drive oh fuck
3: one of my favorite. <laughs> i bro. think we should
0: yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Where you, you like that one right okay,
3: okay. No, i it. fucking love that album man it's one of my favorite fucking albums i still oh. listen to it like all the time
0: okay so well there you go now you don't have to do any work you already... <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I
3: still, I, i'm like excited this is like a project i'm like oh i can't fucking wait to listen to it and actually like put my notes out and then talk to you guys about it that's fucking exciting
0: yeah okay six let's um we should we should have like
1: uh we should do like a set like a segue like uh greatest like from that for each album that we we listen to like so i like the idea of like rating each each song like each of us individually rating the song and then like finding a final score for it and everything at the end but then also like we all like as we listen through it like your top your top one line or like your top like three lines that from the entire album that like stuck. Yeah, out yeah. To you. Like we'll go, we'll go to it. Like, we'll go through it like song by song and everything, but then like, like at the end or something, we'll be like, all right, what was your, wh- the entire album? What was your favorite line? Or like entire album? What was, what's the best beat on the album? Or like wow. something like that. Okay, we yeah, could, we could, I'm sure we'll think of, think of more, more things that we can do like that. But like, just to hear everyone's opinion. It'd be hilarious if we, we go through it and we all come up with the same line. I think that would be funny.
3: I, I almost can guarantee you right now, out of our top three favorite songs, I'm almost certain that all three of us are going to pick one song to be our favorite. I already think I know which one it's going to oh, be. I won't sure. spoil it, but I think there's one song that will all, all three of us be like, yeah, this is my, one of my top three. I okay. hope I'm right, but I, for I, have sure. a feeling, I have a feeling I know which song it's going to be. too. All
0: right, sick. I'm pumped. Well, wait, since you have to go, is there anything you want you want to say over the past hour and a half that you weren't able to say? Or?
3: No, man, just fuck it. I'm glad that we got to do this. It's been uh, I've been wanting to do a podcast with you for ages, so I'm glad that you were able to uh, arrange this. It was great talking to T Bone. I haven't actually talked to him since like really this whole COVID stuff started, and really actually haven't seen him at all. So, um, yeah, it was dope. And yeah let's not sit on this album thing let's like set it up soon so we don't forget about it and okay yeah let's get the things in motion
0: sick i like it i'm gonna listen to the album tomorrow otherwise i'll fucking forget i I, I think this is a long weekend like okay. i was thinking let's do
3: one on let's do it on monday or something like that
0: yeah that'd be good
1: yeah, yeah i'll probably i'll probably listen to it tonight mm. yeah i'm probably gonna listen to it to a, bu- a bunch of times like it's only 30- fuck, my phone battery's on three percent
0: it's only three three uh sorry 13 songs an hour and five minutes so doable yeah, so.
3: you know what's crazy about that album is uh you know that line that people always use uh he went platinum without any features because mm. like j cole's not j cole never uses any features on his albums it's like yeah. i don't think he has since like his second album where like he used like drake and like this is when he was really up and coming and like he was yeah. just like just trying to maybe his first album actually where he had Jay, a song with jay-z too but yeah. Yeah. This album, I don't think it has any features at all. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No. There's no no features on this one. Fun fact: yeah, uh, on uh, Eminem did a tour in Australia, and J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar opened for him. This was back in wow. back in the day. How fucking do that? Content. Why don't we get
3: that fucking privilege of Eminem touring Canada <laughs> with J. Cole and fucking? Although I I shouldn't say anything because I've been a jabroni like Kendrick and J. Cole come to Toronto multiple times and never been. because I'm always like oh it's too expensive but now i look back it's like well fuck now who knows and next time we'll even be able to see concerts yeah. and live and i'm like yeah that i should have totally paid like whatever the ticket price was to enjoy that concert because i've heard nothing but great things yeah well. sometimes money is sometimes i gotta say
0: fuck the money and just go do it eh you gotta live your life hopefully that yeah, hopefully this quarantine's taught people that
3: yeah i don't know i think people will go back to their regular shit in no time we're just Probably. uh this is like a small pause <laughs> in like human behavior it's like in, I think it's like a giant experiment. I yeah,
0: I think so. But yeah, uh, man, uh, okay, think you got to go. Mike's on. battery's gonna die. Um. So I guess we'll wrap it up. All right. Last words, Mike. Anything you want to say before we end out?
1: Uh, man, I just want to say this was this was dope. This was a lot of fun. First podcast. Um, I, I looking forward to to working with you guys on this hip hop podcast. I think it's gonna be fun. I, I mean. The more we do this just like anything else i think it's going to become more natural like robbie you already you already are a, a natural in podcasting like it's oh, i think it's pretty impressive how you're able to to navigate it with fuck it's hard it's hard enough when you're just doing it with one other person let alone like three 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 guests so i think that's pretty impressive the way you're able to able to host like that but uh oh, thank you i appreciate the opportunity it was a lot of fun. <laughs>
0: Yeah, awesome. Yeah, it was all good, right, guys, man. we'll wrap it up. We'll we'll connect about the hip hop thing. But uh, all right, until then, uh, thanks. Thanks for listening. Hey, you guys, okay with me putting in this on YouTube, right? Please
3: go for it.
0: I didn't uh, say yeah, if you to, recorded. You it, if, jail. if you
1: recorded our faces, sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sick. That'll be tonight. a lot of fun. I'll put it on tonight. All right, man. All right, boys. Thanks all for your time. Later, guys. Take care. We'll
3: see you soon. Have a good night, bro. I'll see you guys.
0: Ciao. Bye. Bye,
3: Hokiki. Please <laughs> <laughs>